Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Are y'all okay if I share a little piece of good news real quick before I bring the word? So Wednesday night, we were celebrating at my home, uh, Father's Day. My wife threw together an amazing meal. All my kids were there. And uh, we were just sitting down to eat when my doctor, come on somebody, sent me a text. And uh, my M-spike number has dipped all the way to 1.01. And uh, that was Wednesday on Thursday. Shans called me and I am back on track. And uh, three days before uh, we move into our new building, I will start prep for my bone marrow transplant. And uh, so on Sunday, July the 5th, I might be walking with a slight limp because Thursday afternoon, I'm gonna have my third bone marrow biopsy. Would you just pray that that thing just supernaturally goes into my hip and comes out without pain? <laughs> Come on somebody, I can believe, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm in faith. And uh, Suzanne said, honey, you're gonna have to do that one alone. I cannot watch that again, so. But I think she's going to be strong enough to be there for me this time. So, no, no. So the, so I just have to go ahead and tell this funny story. So the first one I had, we walked in the room, we're sitting there, and up on the cabinet is one of these little. All you football players will remember from high school when you would get knocked out, they'd break the little thing and put it up under your nose. What what what, what was that? A smelly sauce or something? Well, there was one. <clears throat> There was one taped on the cabinet. So we sat down, Suzanne's sitting over there, and I'm laying on the table. And I said, honey, you see that thing? She said, yeah, what is that? I said, that's for you. She said, no, it's not. I said, yeah, it's for you. And she said, no, it's not. What, what are you talking about? I said, well, in case you pass out, they're going to wake you up. And she said, no, it's not. So the doctor came in, sat down, and, and I said, doc, tell my wife that's for her. She started laughing. She said, it's for you. <laughs> but my wife did great. She didn't pass out or anything. So... This morning, I got a text from uh, Connie and TJ, and uh, actually from Gabriella, and she, uh, she, she wrote me a song this morning. Oh, my gosh. I wish I'd have had time to send it to uh, Tad to uh, have them put it up on the screen because I was so blessed by her song to me this morning. She wrote it about me preaching this morning. And uh, it just blessed me. So, Gabriella, she's watching online. I might have to play that next week just because it was so amazing. So, and your mom is crying. <laughs> All right, I want to jump into the word this morning. Let me pray. Father, I love you. I bless you. I thank you for the confidence that we have in who we are in Christ Jesus today. Our hope is in you. Lord, our trust is in you. Our confidence, our peace, all of it because of what Christ did for us on Calvary. I'm thankful, Father, that Jesus was willing to go to the cross to die for me, for us. But on the way to the cross, he also took a beating so that we could be healed. That Your word declares that by his stripes we are the healed of the Lord. And I am thankful today for all the promises that come, the healing of our bodies, of our minds, of our emotions, of our marriages, of our relationships, of our children, Father. Lord, we're just depending and declaring your word for everything it says. We believe it, Father. 
And we put our trust, our hope, and our confidence in you today. We give you all thanks and praise. I bless this people, Father, those that are here this morning, those in our family that are watching online, friends and family, Father. Uh, we just declare today is a great day in you, Father. We declare that though uh, the enemy come against us, Jesus declared it in John 10, 10, that the thief comes but to steal, but to kill, and but to destroy, but you came to give us life, and that life more abundantly. And so today, Father, we are receiving the abundant life of Christ in us. We give you thanks and praise. Let your word touch our lives. Let it convict us. Let it minister to us right where we are today. Save souls, heal bodies, heal minds, heal marriages, whatever we have need of today, Father. In faith, we come declaring you are well able. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. To all the dads in the house, happy Father's Day. Uh, I bless you today. Pray that uh, today will be a great day for you and your family. All the dads and grandfathers, great-grandfathers, um, and everybody in between. All right, so this word today uh, is for everybody, but I really want to challenge all the dads in the house to hear by the Spirit today this word for you as the priest of your home, as the one responsible to watch over your family and to lead them even through troubled times and difficult times. Uh, I, I am absolutely convinced today, this is my own personal opinion, this, is, this isn't, isn't thus saith the Lord, this is thus saith your pastor. Um, but this is my word. I believed it for years and years that the greatest problem we have in our country and in our world is because the enemy has successfully stolen the fathers out of the house, stolen out of our natural families and stole them out of the house of God. Many in pulpits today are nothing more than hirelings, and they don't have a heart of a father. It's a job, it's a profession. What we need are the fathers to return to the house. We need the fathers to return to the marriages. We need the fathers to return to their families and take legal priesthood over their home to lead and guide their families, especially through troubled times. And we are in troubled times in our world. Not just in America, but in our world. This week I was texting uh, with many of our people, uh, our missionaries overseas, Joshua in China and Pastor Dennis in Jamaica and uh, Pastor Jimmy in Honduras and Helga in uh, wherever she is. Uh, where is Helga now? Somewhere, Uganda, right? Uganda. And uh, sorry, Helga, I, I knew where you were. It just, I'm on drugs. <laughs> Okay, so anything that makes no sense today, it's, it's one of the three chemos or the steroid that I'm on. So I've just started blaming everything on the drugs. Suzanne said, honey, uh, you said this. I said, no, I didn't. She said, yes, you did. I said, it's the drugs. So I have a legal excuse right now. I'm legally on drugs. Um, but uh, the <laughs> you have to laugh, okay? So... Never been a druggie my whole life, but here I am at 63, and uh, I'm on a lot of drugs. But uh, this word um, for us as men, uh, you know, Malachi says that the last verses of Malachi says that revival will take place when the fathers return to their priestly fatherhood, where we take that responsibility instead of letting the world 
our school uh, education, academics, politics, or anybody else have the greatest influence on our families. Dads need to have the greatest influence on their family. When, when a father speaks, a family ought to have so much confidence that daddy hears from God that what he says is more important than anything else they're hearing anywhere. Every other voice is an opinion, but not the father. Wow. Today, I woke up this morning and realized this last year, uh, I talked to Miss Shirley Ball this week, Pastor Ball's precious wife, and uh, Apostle passed away two years ago this uh, Friday, two days ago. And, uh, and we were just talking about all the things that seemed to have happened in the heavenly realm and the spirit realm after Apostle uh, uh, passed away, died, went to be with Jesus. And Shirley said, she said, yeah, she said, you know, this is whatever day, June, Juneteenth or whatever that's proclaimed uh, was the day. She said, isn't that amazing? They named a holiday and with the apostles passing. And then, and then she said, yeah, but he didn't pass. And then I started laughing because I could hear apostles saying, Shirley, I haven't passed anywhere. I've gone to be with uh, Yeshua and Yahweh and uh, get your words right, Shirley. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, we were laughing about that, even though it's not really funny. I mean, right after um, he departed this world, Panama City pretty much about got wiped off the map. And, um, and there, is, there is something significant about fathers. And this morning I woke up and I realized, you know, uh, Two years ago, my dad, my oldest brother, and my pastor all passed in five months. And uh, last year, I really thought about that on Father's Day. I woke up and realized there, there are no fathers left in my life. There are elder men. There are men that I respect. Francis Amphuse, I call him my elder. Uh, Francis is 70, and uh, I love Francis, and he is a voice in my life. We talk every single week, and, uh, but he's not a father. And uh, to me, and, uh, and I realize at my age, I don't need a father. I, I have father God, but, but the significance of these men's life and Mr. Bob Carter obviously was a father in my life as well, um, as a teenage boy. And he, matter of fact, Bob's the one who taught me how to learn how to treat my wife and respect and honor. And, and, uh, he, Bob Carter taught me that it's okay to work hard. Come on. Some of you men say amen to that. I am so tired of wussy men that don't know how to work hard. I, 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 I'm there. We have a whole generation of men that need to understand it's okay to sweat. And when you got to work hard, get up and work hard and shut your ever loving trap. Thank you. I need help today. Y'all just throw out words anytime you feel. But uh, I got to get to my message, all right, because this is not it. So I want to I get in the word this morning. I'm going to share some things because I want to talk about these two words that have just been sitting in my spirit over the last several weeks and months. And that is last, the last couple of weeks I talked about the cost of love. Today, I just want to talk about what love covers. Love covers. And those two words have just set my spirit because there are times right now we're going through stuff and you run into people that are just mean, angry. My gosh, don't go to Publix and take your mask off because some of those older people there will rip you to shreds. I walked up the aisle that said one way. I was only going one way. 
but it was obviously the wrong way. And, 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 and this man turned and he looked at me and he's just like staring me down. And, and I'm just like, I just wanted a gallon of water. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to get a water. And, and uh, I stayed on my side of the aisle and man, he stared me down and he said, uh, you're going the wrong way, Sonny. It's like, <laughs> I really appreciated 63 being called Sonny. <laughs> I said, yes, sir, but I am going the only way I'm going. <laughs> Grabbed my water and kept going. But uh, there, are some just, there are some people that are just angry, and they don't even know why they're angry. They're, they're just mad. They're upset. And, uh, and, and I had to realize that love covers. And, and either I can respond wrong, or by the grace of God, come on, somebody, we can respond right in love. And so maybe I'm preaching this to me today and y'all can say, amen, pastor, preach it to yourself. That's a good word. But Proverbs 10, 12 says this, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers how many? All, All offenses. All offenses. First Peter 4, 8 says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. How many of you are married in here? Let me see your hands. Keep loving one another earnestly. You hear me? All you married people? We'll stop going to the divorce court if we will love one another earnestly. Since love covers a multitude of bad marital problems. Oh, a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude. Tuesday, I'm taking my bride off for the day. It's our 41st anniversary. And last year on our 40th anniversary, I was having breakfast with the governor of Peru. This year, it's going to be breakfast with my wife. Well, my wife was with me, too. We were together having uh, breakfast with the governor. But um, I am thankful that we're together and still love each other, and not because I'm perfect or because she's perfect, because neither of us are perfect. Matter of fact, we have spent, she's been taking, she's been my caregiver. She's been at home with me almost. We have spent a lot of time together. <laughs> Love covers a multitude of being together. When, when you just want to say, honey, don't you just want to go off for a few hours? <laughs> or she wants me to take a walk, honey, I think you need some exercise. <laughs> and you know what? That's okay. Because sometimes I don't even like me. You know, I hang around with myself for a while, and I just, like, I, I have to rebuke myself. But, but love is the glue that keeps godly marriages righteous. Love. Because in love, everything else from forgiveness to sacrifice to giving above and beyond, all that's wrapped in this thing called agape of God, God's love. And when we love that way, then we have the ability, and while, you know, today I'm like talking right here at home. Last week we were talking about racism and prejudice and all the things that are happening in our world. And, and I'm gonna touch on that for just a moment in a minute. But the reality is there's only one thing that's gonna solve all these problems and it is the love of God. It's not our government. 
is not political. I mean, it, there's just, they can do what they can do, but I'm telling you, only the love of God in the church and people, and you're never going to hear all the good stuff that's happening around the world on stupid vision. CNN's never going to proclaim it. And most of the other channels are not, but there are amazing things happening all around the world. Suzanne was telling me yesterday, of in, in, she had seen something in the middle of one of the riots. This older white man got knocked down, and a, and a strong black man walked up to him, picked him up like a fireman, threw him over his shoulder, and got him out into safety because he was afraid he was going to be trampled to death. You don't see that in most places. And they're not going to talk about the love of God that is bringing the races together. All they're going to do is look for somebody that looks different than somebody else and zoom their camera on how bad everything is. When the reality is, look around at our church family, we're people that are red, yellow, black, and white, loving one another, needing one another. I'm better because of all the people in my life. I'm better because of all the people. I told you last week when I started this church being a white man, I knew that I would attract white people. And yet the Lord put in my heart that we were going to be a church that represented heaven, meaning all the nationalities that were in our city and our community would eventually be a part of our church family. But when we started, it was mostly white. And then the Lord began to do something. And for 33 years, is this our 33rd anniversary this year, right? August? Anybody know? I used to have all those numbers. Anybody? Where's Pastor Tadwin? How many years have we? Is it? Didn't we celebrate 32 last year? Thank you. Must only be important to me because I've been here for everyone. So. My uh, 33rd anniversary at the church, I will not be here. Man, that just, I, I got the reality. I'll be probably still in the hospital, um, but you'll be here and we're going to celebrate. And I'm going to be watching you on television, screaming and hollering in the hospital. They might discharge me on that day. They, <laughs> you make way too much noise. Get out of here. But uh, I'm better because of all the amazing people God has brought into my life. All God's people. Male, female, young, old. Can I just tell y'all, I don't know where Miss Chris is. She's probably in the back working, but Miss Chris Harrell. She's the first Christian I met when I moved to Gainesville. She happened to be a black lady, if y'all didn't notice. Miss Chris is black. <laughs> and she owned her business. And I walked into her business the second week that I moved here. And that woman, I'm, I'm a better man because... She's an amazing woman. She called me the other day. Amen. Miss Chris, give it up for Miss Chris Harrell. Woo! She's my secretary for 20 years, but more importantly, she's my friend. She called me the other day and she said, in that sweet little voice of hers, Where are you? I was like, What's it your business? <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm driving down my lane. She said, well, stick your head out the door. I want to see you. And I said, what are you doing at my house? And, and I got there and her and Miss Marianne, salt and pepper were there together uh, uh, running an errand for uh, Danny uh, and uh, on my staff. And so I got to see them all. Miss Chris is blowing kisses out the window. <laughs> it's like, Miss Chris, you're crazy. And uh, but, but I'm telling you, I can't imagine my life without Miss Chris Harrell being a part of it. Now I can't see. Anybody out there? 
I'm really on drugs this week. Last Sunday, I was not on drugs. Do you notice the difference? This week, I am floating. I'm on all of it. And I have the shakes and everything. You see that? So anyhow, let's get back to the word. Oh, this is good. Proverbs 17, 9. Whoever covers an offense, listen to this, seeks love. But he who repeats a matter separates even close friends. Man, we want to walk in love, one for another. And in a time of so much anger, hatred, strife, we as believers, listen to this, have been given a mandate from our Redeemer and our Lord to not respond the way that the world does, but to respond the way Jesus loved us and commanded us to love one another, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. To love. It's been a commandment for us as the church. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. This is a great chapter if you want to take time and go back and read the whole chapter. But Samuel the prophet had been uh, called by God to go to the house of Jesse and to anoint one of Jesse's sons as king. Uh, and, and you remember the story, Saul still the king. So Samuel the prophet is sneaking around going, if Saul finds out, he's going to kill me. You know, I mean, the prophet has got a word from God, but the word of the king is, uh, you know, he's going to kill the prophet if he goes and anoints another man as king. And yet Samuel said, I have to obey God. So he goes to the house of Jesse and uh, he says to Jesse, hey, I need you to bring uh, your sons to me because one of them is going to be the next king over Israel. And, and so uh, Jesse brings his sons in and you know the story one by one starting at the oldest. And the minute Samuel sees the oldest one, he says to himself in this verse, he says, this must be the one. Come on, somebody. You know why, right? Because he judged by the natural. He judged by what he saw with his eyes. And, and, and then God says, no, he's not the one. And then he said, well, bring me the second one. So he brings the second one. And he's thinking, surely this is the one. And, and God says, no, this is not the one. He goes through the list. And finally, Samuel goes, do you have any more boys? He said, well, I got some runny one. He's out in the field taking care of the sheep. And Samuel said, well, we're not going to eat until he's here. David's brought in. And it says he has beautiful eyes and he's handsome to look at. But in the eyes of Jesse and his brothers, the father and the brothers, he was insignificant. Any of you ever felt insignificant? Hear me. God knows who you are, where you are, what you are. He created you for such a time as this. And though the enemy might try to convince you and the world might try to convince you that you're insignificant, you're not. You are his beloved. He created you for such a time as this. And he put his word and his spirit in you to make a difference. Listen to this. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. Talking of the first one. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Say amen to that. Amen. See, what I was dealing with last week, this just fits where our society is. We judge, we convict, we, we, we uh, in our own minds settle what a person's is by their first outward appearance. 
That's just the world we live in. I've heard people say, well, I don't have any prejudice in me. I, I don't see color at all. Well, you know, Rick Warren said there's a word for that. It's called liar. I look up and down the aisles and I see all kinds of shades of white, brown, black, red, yellow, polka dots. I mean, I just see, I just see the beauty of God's creation. Matter of fact, while I was just meditating on this yesterday, I thought, you know, over the years, I've taken some amazing pictures with my iPhone. I love the iPhone. I just, can I just tell you, I love the camera on the iPhone. And I just, start, I just went back and I just started pulling out pictures of God's creation. And I started with just the beauty of the land, sunrises, sunsets, the moon, the ocean, the waves. And then I, I, I took some pictures. My wife took a picture last week. It was pouring down rain. Y'all, man, we got a rainstorm the other night. It was like, it came out of nowhere. We're just like one minute, there was no rain. The next minute, my backyard was a foot deep in water. Well, it was a few minutes, okay? But, but uh, so Suzanne grabs my camera and she goes and takes a picture from inside the house, out of the window, into our backyard. It was one of the most stunning pictures I have ever seen. Man, because I have this light out in my pasture and the light was shining right behind the tree and, and it just lit up and I mean, it's pitch black out and the rain's pouring and, the, and, and when I saw that picture, it just, it just shouted to me of God's creation. The trees and the beauty of, of the rain and the things that bring life. And so I was going through all these pictures and, and then I started going through all my missionary pictures. Man, Honduras and Peru and Jamaica and Cuba and China and Honduras. And you're seeing all of these amazing people that God created. And every one of them are radically important to God. He loves every one of his children. We're not better because we're a color or a race or a nationality. We're better because God is in us. The only thing good in us is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen? So I'm looking at these and I'm going, wow. The love of God can heal broken hearts. And we need desperately across America and across the nations of the world for the church to rise up and literally allow the conviction of God. Because hear me, I know some of y'all think, well, pastor's preaching to everybody else today, but I've heard some of y'all talk. And some of you, there's a lot of anger that comes out. We're angry at this, angry at that. And you know what? I believe we can be angry and sin not, but I also believe we can be angry and sin. As believers, we're judging and condemning and, and, and all because of some outward appearance. Or as I said last week, because something happened to you when you were a child 30 years ago or 50 years ago or to your daddy or your mama, and, and you're still holding a resentment against a race of people because of something that happened. You need to let God heal your heart and forgive and realize how many people maybe your family wronged. Come on, somebody. I'm speaking the truth. We've all been wronged, but we've all wronged somebody too. Man, if God can forgive me, can I not forgive anybody else that's ever done something against me? And I want to tell you, there's a beauty in walking in forgiveness. 
It is a grace that I have in my life. As far as I know in my heart, I hold no resentment against anyone who's ever said or done me wrong, ever. I don't, I don't hold resentment. The, the truth of the matter is, most of the time, I can't remember. I run into somebody and think, and I'm trying to remember what it was, and I can't. And I'm okay with it. Because you know what? When you just go, you know what? I love you. You're walking down a different path. I trust that we all make it to heaven one day. I bless you. I love you. I forgive you. I'm not going to allow what you did to keep me from being able to be right with God. Because if God forgave me, who am I to hold resentment against you? Come on, somebody. Amen? We've all been hurt. We've all been wrong. But we all have the ability to forgive. John 15 verse 12 and 13 says this. This is my commandment. Commandment. Say commandment out loud. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that someone would lay down his life for his friends. That's what Jesus Christ did for you and I when we were not worthy. When we weren't sitting in church and we confessed all of our sins. When we were still wretched sinners. Jesus died for you and I. He forgave us. He loved us. He walked in a level of forgiveness. When he's hanging on the cross, I can't even imagine the pain. And he lifts up his voice before the Father, and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Forgive them. Jamie, are we going to do that song Sunday, July 5th that I asked you, that first song? We, are we working on it? We're going to do a song. Thank you, Jamie. I've become the uh, worship leader's uh, song provider. So uh, at least three of the songs for our first service I've already given Jamie. And, and, uh, but one of these songs, I'm going to just leave it alone. I'm going to just tell you the words. Every day I listen to this song and the words just come alive in my spirit. Because the power of God's word will change us from the inside out. Heal us from the inside out. Deliver us from the inside out. Enable us to let go of the pain of the past. Forgive one another, love one another, begin to embrace one another in such a way that our love one for another will be so real that the world will look at us and go, they must belong to Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you like for, other, wouldn't you like for unbelievers to boast of your love for God because of the way you love each other? Instead of division and strife. And I'm thankful that I'm a part of a church family that that stuff is just a part of our past and not a part of our now. It's not a part of our destiny. Isn't it good to love one another, forgive one another, let, let it go, just, just allow the healing of the Lord to bring life to us? Greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. So last week, I dealt with this spirit of racism, prejudice, and hatred. And as I have thought of this, I am absolutely convinced that the church of Jesus Christ not only has the answer, but hear me, we are the answer. We are the answer. That's why the enemy wants to keep us divided, and that's why the enemy wants to keep every church in America shut down, every church around the world shut down. I mean, just keep us divided, keep us at home, keep us away, and, and, and before long, we think that we can be the church 
at home alone. You know, one of our big problems right now in America, getting our economy kickstarted back, is people don't want to go back to work because the government's paying them $600 more a week than they were making. I talked to a pilot the other day for Delta Airlines. He was here in Gainesville, and I said, so are you able to fly Gainesville back to where you're going? And he said, oh, no. He said, we, we have so few flight attendants. And he started telling me, he said, they are getting paid $600 a week more to stay home and still get paid than we're paying them. So we can't even fly flights. I'm telling, can I tell you something? That's not the American way. This is not a political speech. I'm telling you, this is a kingdom. We're called to get up and overcome. And there's some positive stuff out there. If some of us would begin to research and hear and hear from the medical field, we'll find out we don't have to walk around in all this fear that the enemy and, and the media is trying to get us to live in. You can walk in faith. You don't think there's been other problems, other flus, other viruses? There has been and there always will be. But some of us need to take responsibility, take better care of ourselves, eat better, live right, breathe right. You don't have to get up in everybody's space. I'm not telling you to get up there and hug everybody. But I'm telling you, we, we, we have to come to grip with what really is going on in our, in our country. And what is my responsibility? As a husband, as a father, as a priest in my home, as a spiritual father of this house, what am I to say? What am I not to say? How do, how do I encourage without, you know, there being anything that can be taken the wrong way? I, I'm telling you, everybody's got to hear by the Spirit and do what they believe is right. But you got to make sure that what you're saying is right is kingdom and not the world. Right. Amen, all six of you. That was, I, I'm telling you, that's a true word. Hear by the Spirit and, and, and then operate. But let's operate according to the Word of God. And begin to say, how can I be a part of the answer? We, the church, the saints, the redeemed, the forgiven, have been graced by God through the power of the Holy Spirit to follow the word of the Lord that Jesus spoke to his disciples that rings true to all believers today. Listen to this as I read out of Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law and how do you read it? And he answered the Lord and he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, listen to this, this is so powerful. You have answered correctly, but he didn't stop there. He said, do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. You see, our responsibility today in June of 2020 is to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and body. I mean to give our all, to be worshipers, to be people of prayer, to be people of the word, to spend time with him in his word so that when we go out into our world, we can love our neighbor because it's just gonna come out of us. Freely God loved me, freely I take this love and love one another. And just begin to allow the goodness of God. You know why? Because all of God's creation is beautiful. Y'all awake this morning? 
All God's creation is beautiful. All God's children. Matter of fact, tell your neighbor, you're beautiful. Go ahead, just say, tell, tell your other neighbor now, your second best neighbor. Tell your second best neighbor. Come on, some of y'all didn't do it. All God's children are beautiful. Listen to this. All of God's children are uniquely different. And I love a quote that Suzanne and I read from Rick Warren. He said, be color blessed, not color blind. Love one another and see people for who they are. Recognize them. Acknowledge Love is practical. I want to tell you a story I read uh, out of an article a pastor was sharing, and he was dealing with these things that most pastors, I think, across America are having to deal with. They're, they're having a desire to confront many churches that, you know, are all a particular race, uh, maybe uh, um, are, are not walking in the same thing of those who, are, who have such a desire to, to just recognize that in America, we're made up of all kinds of amazing people. Our school, the Rock Schools, all kinds of kids come here from all kinds of nations and backgrounds, and they're all incredibly beautiful. And they are precious. And, and man, sometimes you just need a little dose of some kids' love to just rub all over you and impact you. The other day, I uh, had a little time and felt pretty good. And so I called a couple of my grandsons and went and picked them up. And, and uh, we're going to spend an hour together. And it was like 8.30 in the morning. And at 6 at night, I was begging them to let me take them home. <laughs> Baba, can't I just spend the night with you? I said, no, go home. Call your daddy. <laughs> no, but, but I took him on. And we, and we just had a, a great time during that day. And, and, and just spend time with a little kid for eight hours. And everything comes into perspective. <laughs> Things that really you thought were important really are not important. What's important is which Chick-fil-A are you going to go to? <laughs> which one can get you the quickest Chick-fil-A and the fries? You know? And... Uh, and so as I was looking at the beauty of my grandchildren and thanking God for all 10 of them, the other night having Father's Day at my home and they honored me and blessed me and my grandson, George Nathan, uh, it was six o'clock, so it was time for me to take my pills. So I gathered all the kids and uh, Suzanne, I was so glad she ran and grabbed a phone to video and, and I said, today I want George Nathan to pray over the pill. And he prayed this powerful prayer. And, and later, I, I watched the video and I started crying. I didn't cry when he was praying. I was just agreeing. Hey, man, come on, pray. Get this pill down. We're explaining the pill. This pill is a crazy pill. First of all, it costs $1,000. One pill. $14,000 every 14 days. And the crazy thing about this pill is I, I'm not allowed to touch the pill with my hand. So the, the grandkids had a really great question. Baba, you can't touch a pill with your hand, but you swallow it down your throat. And little, little, little Scarlet, she's just so intrigued. And so she's watching me as I go down the hatch, you know, and I throw the pill down, and I take a drink, and she's watching my chest. And, and I just start laughing, baby girl. And she's just looking at me and say, yeah, here it is. It's right there. And, but, but they're like, how can you not touch that, but you can swallow it? I said, I don't know. It's called blind faith. <laughs> it's just crazy. But uh, I, I went back later and I, and I listened to George's prayer over me and I was so touched 
And I told his dad yesterday, I said, Nathan, your son prays a powerful, I mean, it was, it was thought provoking. It, it wasn't just some little, it was somebody that has been taught and trained to have faith in prayer. And all my grandkids, man, they're all around me. Their hands are on me and, and, and they're just standing in faith. We need, we need the faith of a child so that we can walk in the fullest. But I was reading this story, and i got to close. i got a minute left. And I was reading this story, and this pastor was sharing how a family in this church, happened to be a white family, had four children. Well, they had seven children, but three of them were adopted. And they started, he started sharing that this family had adopted these three children out of an orphanage in Africa, in Rwanda, after their parents had been brutally murdered in front of them in a genocide. And these children had been brought to the States, had been raised in this home, and now are um, growing into, you know, an American family. And this pastor, in the midst of all that's going on in the world, he asked them a question, and he asked them if they would share with him out of their experience, what they believed and how they believed people should treat one another, especially of other races. And as I read the article a few days ago, it just, I, I realized, first of all, these kids had come into the fullness of who they are in Christ Jesus. They've been raised by a family that loved them and gave them a home. All three of the siblings have been raised together now with four other siblings. But the things that they shared were so profound and powerful, I thought I'd share them with you this morning. And, and so he asked them the question, uh, how do you think we should deal with race and treating others, especially those that do not look like us? And their response is this, five short statements. The first one is this. They said, don't be colorblind. People like their color. So you don't have to ignore it or act like they're not a different color than you are. Just don't make decisions about them based upon their color or their race. Amen? That's, that's powerful. Number two, they said, don't tell people who've been treated unjustly that you understand because you don't. You're insensitive when you say, oh, I understand. No, you don't. Nobody knows the injustice that others have faced. To say you do is simply being dismissive. Number three, they said, remember that our history is not the same as their history. Meaning this, someone born in the inner city of any large city, pick Chicago, and someone that's born out on a farm in Bell, those people are gonna have two different histories. The way they're raised, the way they think, the way they live their lives, are gonna be completely different. And listen, history matters. So what is it that will enable us to break those gaps? Love. The agape of God. Number four, don't ignore history or say, get over it. Because pain matters and only God can heal pain. God can heal the pain too. I'm absolutely convinced of it. 
I don't care what your past is. Our God is well able through the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us, heal us, redeem us, restore us, save us, and enable us to be whole. We do not have to walk around needing to talk about our problems that happened 60 years ago like they happened yesterday. You don't need to tell someone like that to get over it. You need to say, Jesus will heal you. If I were to ask you today in this room, how many of you have had somebody wrong you at least once in your life? We've all been wronged. You're going to carry it? Or are you going to let go and let God heal? And as much as God forgave you, you have the ability. No, no. You have the commandment to forgive others. You have the commandment. We've been graced to forgive. Number five. I like this. Fight all stereotypes. They said this. Everybody in the world feels stereotyped. But stereotypes are never true. Commit to seeing each and every person as an individual created by God, not someone stereotyped because of their skin color, creed, or nationality. So let's love like Jesus loved and loves. And we can stop the lies of the enemy and we can turn the world once again right side up. The world needs the church to love unconditionally in every way. When I ask you to bow your head for a moment, I want to just encourage you with this thought because I'm going to pray. Those of you watching online today, it's good to have you with us. We bless you. I ask you to bow your head as well and listen to this. The Lord today, if he's convicting you of anything that you're still holding an odd against someone, maybe it's a thought, maybe it's something that happened in in your past generation, or maybe it happened to your parents and, and you've never let that thing go. I want to tell you today, there is freedom in forgiveness. And if you will simply say, Father, You've already graced me, so I don't have to ask you to help me to forgive. You've already graced me, and you've already commanded me to forgive those who have wronged me. So today, I want to be free in Christ. And so I'm choosing today to forgive every wrong, every ought, every thought, every person in my past that still holds something in me. I'm choosing today to forgive. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me and just pray this. The whole congregation, you can pray it even if you don't need it. Pray this with me this morning. Father God, today I am thankful that you love me first and that you forgave me. And that in my forgiveness, you've graced me to forgive others. So I'm choosing this day to forgive, to no longer hold any ought against anyone. Help me, Father, to love everyone that you bring into my life. Help me to show the love of God by operating in that love. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace in me today. I receive it. I walk in it by faith. In Jesus' name, amen.
Come on, let's give the Lord a praise because he's worthy today. Father, we bless you and honor you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.